0: Welcome to Apartment 309 Podcast, the one-sided storytelling podcast where Lauren dives into true crime or the paranormal and tells it to me, her captive audience boyfriend, so I can react occasionally. Basically just recording part of our normal day. I'm Eric and I'm Lauren. And we live in, in apartment, apartment 309. 309.
1: Thanks for bringing us in.
0: Yeah. Intro. It's my show now. Cool. I'm excited.
1: You're excited?
0: Yeah. Camping season, finally.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's. I love living in Colorado. It was snowing after it rained, and then it was snowing and raining. Miserable. And then it stopped, and by the time we got up in the morning, the snow had melted.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. I love it. I don't like being in it. I was wet. Soaking wet.
1: It was wet out. You had your poncho though.
0: I did have my Swisher Sweets free poncho.
1: Didn't you have to sample something?
0: I think I had to just show them my ID or something like that. They got
1: they all can't, your information. Because you
0: can't like advertise to children.
1: How old were you?
0: Uh, like 23,
1: 24. So you looked like a child still.
0: At 24? Yeah. Subjectively, I guess.
1: He shrugged. Well, I was scrolling through Instagram and saw a couple stories pop up, and they kind of reminded me of the smiley face killer, but this kid started tracking this after it happened to him twice. So he was leaving a bar in Chicago, downtown Chicago. Okay. Bar's closing. He's leaving. He's starting to walk home, and a van pulls up and offers him a free ride.
0: Sweet free ride.
1: Yeah. And specifically said to him, do you need a ride home, sweetie? Both times. So he turned him down the first time, went about his business. A while later, they offer him another ride, saying the exact same thing. So he started talking to some of his friends about it. And he actually has a whole group now that's following this because they're seeing a pattern where some of the friends are actually waking up after having been roofied and mugged, like they got stolen from, robbed, that's the word I'm looking for. They woke up in a field or just dumped after having accepted this ride, not remembering anything that happened afterwards. And then there are some bodies that are being found in the Chicago River, and there's a pattern popping up with it. So there might be another serial killer or group of in Chicago. And he's got twenty people that he's now tracked down that have experienced the same thing. Do you need a ride home, sweetie? And they wake up roofied or they turn it down or some of these guys are not coming home.
0: That's not good.
1: Yeah. This kid tried to go, he put all this research together and he had some help from his buddies to put all the research together. And he tried to take what he felt was enough evidence to show there is a pattern evolving in the police can start trying to intervene because of the same times, the same locations. The police denied him being able to speak to them or bring it to them or even drop it off with them. I don't know if they're researching into it already. He just said, I just put in here that they're refusing to allow him to speak to them or the press Uh. about what's happening. So he's trying to put out videos on like Instagram and TikTok and whatnot, and he actually was contacted. There goes, I don't forget to water your house plants, alarm clock. (laughs) Sorry.
0: I very rarely see you water your plants when that alarm goes off.
1: Yeah, but look at how miraculously most of my plants have survived.
0: Someone's sneaking in here and doing the...
1: It's the shoe elves.
0: (laughs) I think of the borrowers, but they're not watering plants. The Do you remember the borrowers? (laughs)
1: I don't know if I ever actually sat and watched that whole movie all the way through.
0: Oh, it was a good movie. Disney Channel. Little people living in your walls and they borrow stuff. They don't steal.
1: You know, that's why. It was on the Disney Channel. We didn't have cable. We just didn't watch TV. We were outdoors, Eric. I'm better than you.
0: That's good. That's a good... I mean, I watched TV and I was outdoors.
1: Both at the same time?
0: At the same time. I was ahead of my time.
1: I'm picturing you know how they like came out with those portable DVD players yeah yeah I'm picturing like a portable VHS player did they ever have those uh, you could carry around a battery pack in The VHS. I don't
0: recall <laughs> seeing them but they're that must be a thing Some somewhere techno-geek. well but that's a good point though is that it takes a lot less energy to run the DVD <laughs> remember the Walkmans
1: yeah of course the
0: anti-skip
1: the, okay, so I'd had one that did not have the anti-skip. And so driving up through the mountains, I swear to God, my dad hit every bump on the road. Yeah. <laughs> I would sit there and try and balance my hand out <laughs> so that we wouldn't, even if we hit the bump, there was some like shocks, shock absorber <laughs> in my arm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I also had one of those super cheap ones. But I, I got a anti-skip one. Man, those were so cool. I could put it in my pocket and still listen to CDs. Go
1: run around.
0: Oh, man, those were the days.
1: Those were the days Your Jinko jeans.
0: I did have some Jinko jeans.
1: Yeah. That's oh, yeah. Funny. I'm trying to picture you with that.
0: Mm hmm. Okay, Chicago, Chicago River.
1: Oh, yeah. Dead, dead people, young men.
0: Hmm. That's unfortunate.
1: But he's, uh, the kid is trying to just put together videos that he can release on social media. And he was actually contacted by somebody who said that they'd watched his video. And shortly thereafter, like the next day, he went out to a bar and he was headed home. And you need a ride home, sweetie. Drove up and offered him a ride home.
0: Reminds me of that movie we recently watched with Ethan Hawke, I think, was the killer.
1: You're going to have to give me a little more than that. Everyone he movie had the I mask. As a killer.
0: He wore the mask. Oh, and, yeah. And the, the kid was in his basement. Black phone? Yeah, the, that was it called? Black phone black phone?
1: Yeah. I it was think. actually a pretty good movie. It was really good. Yeah. I surprised my little brother told me about it.
0: I think they kind of underdid the killer.
1: I was okay with following the victim. I liked that.
0: Yeah, I really liked that they emphasized the victims. Yeah. I really liked their connection to the afterlife through the phone. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoiler alert.
1: Eric's just a giant spoiler.
0: I know. I should have said spoiler alert before that. But well, if you haven't no. I haven't seen it, I won't give it too much away. But. Yeah. Well, you find that out pretty quick. Emma. You
1: find all of that out really, really quick. Just don't right. say anything else. But
0: it is a it is a, a good movie. But I I will say that I just wish that they did a little bit more with the killer when it when it kind of came to a climax where he kind nope. of had to. Now
1: you're saying too much.
0: Well, every film has a climax. Okay, yeah, I've said too much. Go check it out.
1: Go watch it. It's good.
0: Tell them we sent you. Tell the TV we sent you.
1: All right, tonight. I have something a little bit different for you. What we are going to do is we are going to follow one poster from Reddit named Search and Rescue Woods. And I don't know if you're listening to us and you've heard them, but she's pretty popular. She is a, was a poster to the subreddit No Sleep. So I'm just going to read parts of the stories that she would post that had to do specifically with stairs found in the middle of the national forest that they worked at. She doesn't identify which national forest she works in, but she does throughout her stories describe running across moose, bobcats, mountain lions, coyotes, bears. So I figure she's probably somewhere near Wyoming, Montana. Okay. Yep. A lot of woods up there. She just goes into detail about stories both first person as well as stories that other search and rescue officers have told her. And she puts them together. She's an incredible author. I love the way she words her her stories. And, and that's what we're going to do. And this is actually going to be part one. Nice. Yep. part one is specifically about the stairs in the woods.
0: Oh, Amadis.
1: Yes. I'm just going to go ahead and jump in. I've pulled, I think, three stories and then one palate cleanser to end, end the evening on. We'll go through each story. Feel free to jump in any time.
0: Got it. Let's get to it.
1: Now, I don't know if this is true in every search and rescue unit, but in mine, it's sort of an unspoken regular thing we run into. You can try asking about it with other search and rescue officers, but even if they know what you're talking about, they probably won't say anything about it. We've been told not to talk about it by our superiors, And at this point, we've all gotten so used to it that it doesn't even seem weird anymore. On just about every case where we're really far into the wilderness, I'm talking 30 or 40 miles, at some point we'll find a staircase in the middle of the woods. It's almost like if you took the stairs in your house, cut them out, and put them in the forest. I asked about it the first time I saw some, and the other officer just told me not to worry about it, that it was normal. Everyone I asked said the same thing. I wanted to go check them out, but I was told very emphatically that I should never go near any of them. I just sort of ignore them now when I run into them because it happens so frequently.
0: That's strange. Wait, I don't that's weird. What, if you saw stairs, does she go up them Where? Or...
1: No, that's the thing, is you are told don't talk about it, don't look at it, don't touch them, don't go near them
0: interesting i see st- i mean as he stares all the time in parks and forested areas and they're like service stuff that's yeah built you're out talking about
1: well-maintained part of a trail right used by the park rangers
0: right or for the public for safety
1: yeah she's talking like she said
0: but like she says that there's stairs like literally Stairs that were just cut out of someone's home and then placed there.
1: Yeah, she says it's almost like if you took the stairs in your house, cut them out, and put them in the forest. Hmm. So it's not some wooden stone staircase. It's and you know we can get more into that here in a little bit about what they're made out of, but we're talking like suburban house carpeted staircase. Weird. Yep, thirty forty miles out in the woods. Nice. All right. Story number two. One of my first jobs as a trainee was a search operation for a four-year-old kid that had gotten separated from his mom. This was one of those cases where we knew we were going to find him because the dogs were on a strong scent trail and we saw clear signs that he was in the area. We ended up finding him in a berry patch about half a mile from where he'd been last seen. Kid wasn't even aware that he'd wandered that far. One of the vets brought him back, which I was glad for because I'm not really good with kids, and I find it hard to talk to them and keep them company. As my trainer and I are headed back, she decides to take me on a detour to show me one of the hot spots where we tend to find missing people. It's a natural dip in the land near a popular trail, and people will usually move downhill because it's easier. We hike out there. It's a few miles away, and we get there in about an hour or so. As we're walking around the area and she's pointing out places she's found, people in the past, I see something in the distance. Now, this area we're in is about 8 miles from the main parking area, though there's back roads you can take to get closer if you don't want to hike that far. But we're on state-protected land, which means there can't be any kind of commercial or residential development out here. The most you'll ever see is a fire tower or a makeshift shelter that homeless people think they can get away with building. But I can see from here that whatever this thing is has straight edges. And if there's one thing you learn quickly, it's that nature rarely makes straight lines. I point it out, but she doesn't say anything. She just hangs back and lets me wander over and check it out. I get within about 20 feet of it, and all the hair on the back of my neck stands up. It's a staircase in the middle of the effing woods. In the proper context, it would literally be the most benign thing ever. It's just a normal staircase with beige carpet and about 10 steps tall. But instead of being in a house where it obviously should be, it's out here in the middle of the woods. The sides aren't carpeted, obviously, and I can see the wood it's made of. It's almost like a video game glitch where the house has failed to load completely, and the stairs are the only thing visible. I stand there, and it's like my brain is working overtime to try and make sense of what I'm seeing. My trainer comes and stands next to me, and she just stands there casually, looking as if it's the least interesting thing in the world. I ask her what the F this thing is doing here, and she just chuckles. Get used to it, rookie. You're going to see a lot of them. I start to move closer, but she grabs my arm. Hard. I wouldn't do that, she says. Her voice is casual, but her grip is tight, and I just stand there looking at her. You're going to see them all the time, but don't go near them. Don't touch them. Don't go up them. Just ignore them. I start to ask her about it, but something in the way she's looking at me tells me that it's best if I don't. We end up moving on, and the subject doesn't come up again for the rest of my training. She was right, though. I'd say about every fifth call I go on, I end up running across a set of stairs. Sometimes they're relatively close to the path, maybe within two or three miles. Sometimes they're 20, 30 miles out, literally in the middle of nowhere, and I only find them during the broadest searches or training weekends. They're usually in good condition, but sometimes it looks like they've been out there for miles. All kinds. All different sizes. The biggest I ever saw looked like they came out of a turn-of-the-century mansion and were at least 10 feet wide with steps leading up at least 15 to 20 feet. I've tried talking about it with people, but they just give me the same response my trainer did. It's normal. Don't worry about it. They're not a big deal, but don't go close to them or go up them. When trainees ask me about it now, I give them the same response. I don't really know what else to tell them. I'm really hoping someday I get a better answer, but it hasn't happened yet.
0: That's so weird. I want to know what happens with the stairs. I know. What do you think happens?
1: When she says turn of the century mansion, I am picturing the grand staircase from Titanic. Right. I don't know if I would have the self-control not to go up them.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about that while you were saying. I'm like, as soon as someone's not looking, I'm approaching these stairs, <laughs> and it's <laughs> weird to and think me that just they're like
1: hiking and we just kind of look at each other. Boo! We're up the stairs. Yeah,
0: I'm running up the stairs. Beige carpet, clean. Like if yeah. s- if people were going up, then they'd be covered in dirt and stuff. It's weird that they're not like overgrown. And what what if it's like dimensions?
1: What if it's leading up into an invisible ship? What if it got dropped? What if it's a different timeline?
0: Yeah, timelines are are a glitch or something like that because a ship, but like beige carpet.
1: Yeah, if I had an alien ship, I mean, to each his own, man. Turn of the century mansion, beige suburban carpeting.
0: Yeah, that's like, uh, you know, how back in the day, like in the, what is it, like 60s, where they had those like uh, conversation pits.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: And that's like if those people got a hold of sci-fi tech (laughs) and they would just like have shag carpet inside of the spaceships and stuff like you guys just completely demolished this place aesthetically.
1: Don't go barefoot on the carpet.
0: Yeah. Like, ooh, like hippies with spaceships.
1: Hippies with spaceships. It's just a flapping tapestry in the wind. Like a carpet. Flying carpet.
0: Flying carpet.
1: Oh, that'd be really cool.
0: I mean, I think that that comes from some old mythologies i'm I'm fairly certain
1: what the flying carpet
0: yeah the idea is that they're like some kind of folklore and mythology about all powerful beings going around in flying carpets that's kind of where they got the idea from in aladdin oh flying carpets they suppose is like just how they described it no yeah
1: okay like when they didn't have words for a plane in the sky
0: Right, something like that. So they where, described it as something else? Yeah, I think it's could be wrong, but I think it's loosely associated with like the v- Vimana, like uh, the old Indian depictions of flying craft. Some of them are even like the size of whole cities they re- used to write. Like if you see an old Indian architecture, they'll have like these big stone kind of recreations of them. Huh. And they're shaped like... Like spinning tops almost, but really intricate designs. And they claimed that they would fly all over the place. Like it was a commonplace thing to see them.
1: Do you know what era that was from or written no, in? No.
0: No, I don't. Long, long time ago. But they claimed that there was like all-out warfare between ships I vaguely on a regular basis.
1: recall hearing something about that. Yeah. My family's really into ancient aliens.
0: Right, <laughs> that's probably where I first heard of it. Probably, yeah.
1: That y'all, mm, you gotta do an episode, Eric. We'll see if you listen to us. Somebody needs to to comment on our Instagram or send us an email and tell Eric to do an episode, so he can stop telling us half stories about just things give he kind of knows about.
0: Yeah, give us more ideas. Give us no, give not us. The us. Scoop.
1: Give Eric ideas. I have none. But you can also have, give me ideas. I have
0: half cocked memories of things
1: yes exactly and i'd love to see what you could do with a full cocked memory
0: i'd totally be going up these staircases
1: yes we both would
0: mm-hmm. and then you go up one and then you're like gone. <laughs> it makes me think of like creatures and like their thought processes mm-hmm. and like what like they're just kind of like well what are humans like and like well i st- uh, staircases they have a lot of those in their houses
1: oh a people trap
0: And they're like, just put out a staircase like this is what they look like. And they're like, boom, it's like the Matrix where they just put in some code or they mask themselves. And they're like, how do we lure them in? You know, like some people have told stories about like, oh, they represent themselves as like a beautiful woman or a child to kind of put you at ease and lure you in. Mm -hmm. This particular species chose to like just put staircases everywhere.
1: We're like, let's see how many we can get. They go right. out and they check their traps occasionally.
0: Yeah, like when you go hunting and people put out like plastic ducks.
1: You know, they were sitting there talking to themselves. Well, we should put a snack at the top.
0: Right. They, I see them all messing around with stairs. Like if you're ever walking around in the woods and you see and you see like a a mannequin, that's when you really don't want to approach that because <gasps> that's like the classic case of like some hillbilly aliens right around the corner behind some bushes. They're like, oh, he's approached the mannequin. You're like, Good good day, sir. Uh, do you know where to find uh? <laughs> You know like how you go hunting for ducks? Yeah. And you pull out the fake plastic ducks. And the ducks like, hey, what brings you around here? Oh my god, it's fake. Oh my god. And then god. they get snatched up.
1: And so the hillbilly's putting up a
0: like a mannequin. The hillbilly aliens put up a plastic mannequin to lure in people.
1: Did they put a wig on it? Carl. Wigged mannequins, hillbilly aliens, stairs, stair traps. That's right. You ready for story number three? Oh, I'm ready. My buddy has been a search and rescue officer for about seven years. He started when he was a junior in college, and he had a very similar experience when he first encountered the stairs. His trainer told him almost the same thing mine did, which was to never go near, touch, or ascend them. For the first year, he did just that. But apparently his curiosity got the better of him. And on one call, he broke away from the line and went to go check a set of them out.
0: Hmm.
1: He said they were about 10 miles from the path where a teenage girl had vanished. And the dogs were following a scent. He was on his own, lagging behind the main group, when he saw a set of stairs off to his left. They looked like they were from a new house, because the carpeting was pristine and white. He said that as he got closer... He didn't feel any different or hear any weird noises. He was expecting something to happen, like bleeding from his ears or collapsing, but he got right up next to them and didn't feel anything. The only thing, he said, that was odd was that there was absolutely no debris on the steps. No dirt, leaves, dust, or anything. And there didn't appear to be any signs of animal or insect activity in the immediate area, which he found strange. It was less like things were avoiding them and more like they just happened to be in a relatively barren part of the forest. He touched the stairs and didn't feel anything, except that sort of sticky feeling you get from new carpet. Making sure his radio was on, he slowly climbed the stairs. He said it was terrifying, because the way they'd been stigmatized, he wasn't really sure what was going to happen to him. He joked that half of him expected to be teleported to some other dimension, and the other half was watching for a UFO to come swooping down. But he got to the top with a little event, and he stood there looking around. But, he said, the longer he stood on the top step, the more he felt like he was doing something very, very wrong. He described it as the feeling you'd get if you were in a part of a government building you had no business being in. As if someone was going to come and arrest you, or shoot you in the back of the head at any second. He tried to brush it off, but the feeling got stronger and stronger. And that's when he realized that he couldn't hear anything anymore. The sounds of the forest were gone and he couldn't even hear his own breathing. It was like some kind of a weird, awful tinnitus, but more oppressive. He climbed back down and rejoined the search and didn't mention what he'd done. But, he said, the weirdest part came after that. His trainer was waiting back at the welcome center after the search ended for the day, and he cornered my buddy before he could leave. He said his trainer had this look of intense anger, and he asked what was wrong. You went up them, didn't you? My buddy said it wasn't phrased as a question. He asked how his trainer knew. The trainer just shook his head. Because we didn't find her, the dogs lost her scent. My buddy asked what that had to do with anything. The trainer asked how long he'd been on the stairs, and my buddy said no more than a minute. The trainer gave him this really awful, almost dead-eyed look, and told him that if he ever went up the stairs again, he'd be fired immediately. The trainer walked away, and I guess he's never answered any of the questions my buddy has asked him about it since.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: Yeah, ominous. Very ominous.
0: I don't understand what the connection is between stairs and the dog's losing scent of a per- of a missing person.
1: I think that's something for your imagination to reach for. If his superior knows something that he doesn't, and he's not telling him, who's on the in, or what does the trainer know?
0: Who knows? It makes me think of like the first part where she's like, "I just started telling the trainees the same things that people told me." but I never really fully understood what was wrong with the stairs either. And it's, it's kind of like conditioning. Yeah. Cultural, social conditioning where people just start doing things and you don't really necessarily know why, but that's just what everybody has done forever. So you just kind of do the same thing.
1: That's just what you do.
0: Yeah. And I wonder, you know, those things over time also kind of, tie into making weird connections that either are or aren't really there but you make the connections because you're none the wiser so kind of the idea that this supervisor might be making connections between the missing person not being found and the staircases do they know something or is it that They have grown so accustomed to just doing what everybody said about not approaching the stairs that you have made a false connection in your mind about, oh, well, because you went up the stairs, something went wrong with our rescue mission.
1: Yeah, he immediately went to, you know, the dogs lost the scent.
0: Yeah, that's just a strange, strange thing all around.
1: Yeah. Well, I did look more into are the staircases real? and. People want to believe. I like to think so. A lot of other people have chipped in with their own stories. No sleep is a subreddit for people that want to share their stories without having to define them being real or not. But as far as stairs around the rest of the world go outside of the Reddit world, there are reports of some of them being found in different countries. Some of the most famous ones being the staircase of missing time in the Philippines. And there's another one, there's one in the U.S. called the Vanishing Staircase. And I looked those up. Many people believe that these staircases, which are not uncommon to find, especially if they're made of stone or something a little bit more sturdy, they're like one of the sturdiest parts of any structure. They have to be built sturdy. So as the rest of the house falls away with time, is taken back by the environment, the stairs tend to be the last thing to go. Right. Yeah, so a lot of people believe that maybe that's where it stems from. I like to keep the, the creep factor in it. If I saw a case of uh, stairs out in the woods with clean carpeting, I would 100% run up it. But it'd be creepy.
0: Yeah, the, the the structure part makes total sense, but does not explain carpeted stairs.
1: The clean carpeted stairs. Right. I don't know if you've ever been in a banded house before. Yeah. Have you ever looked at the floor? I have. Like even if it's sealed up, the floor just gets gross. Yeah. The walls get gross.
0: They do. Everything
1: gets gross. It's kind of odd how we can live in a house for decades and everything seems to work fine. Even if you don't regularly clean the house, it's still not going to fall apart too quickly around you. But the minute somebody stops living in that house, it just like starts to fall apart. Even people with like summer vacation homes, they still cover everything. They still have people come out and clean it occasionally.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. There's definitely an element of, well, I think there's a lot of layers to it. You know, there's plants and animals that won't inhabit something unless it's vacated and there's not a lot of uh, activity around it, bugs. Yeah, just generally like not having life in, in an area tends to deteriorate it or it deteriorates upon itself. It's interesting. It could be like a frequency thing. Who knows? Oh,
1: that would be crazy. You know, they just—they didn't just. Lauren just found out about cats' purrs being the right frequency for muscle regrowth and uh, bone regrowth, and they mm. wonder if cats purring helps with that—that that cat itself internally, not you.
0: Post workout, go hang out with a bunch of kittens.
1: Well, I uh, wonder if the frequency does translate over to you, but yeah, that would be great. Go to the the cat coffee bar, in Denver. <laughs> You're like, oh, lay right there. Purr. <laughs> Somebody pat this cat. No, that's not a purr.
0: It is. It's as close as I can get.
1: Well, it's not going to heal anything. <sighs> All right, so here's our little palate cleanser to end the evening besides kittens potentially healing you.
0: Palate cleanser. Palate cleanser.
1: I haven't seen a lot of animal bites in my time as a search and rescue officer, mostly because there aren't that many animals that come around the area. While there are bears in the area, they tend to stay pretty far away from people, and sightings are highly unusual. Most of the animals you'll see are small ones like coyotes, raccoons, or skunks. What we do see frequently, though, are moose. And let me tell you, moose are nasty effers. They'll chase after anything for any reason, and God help you if you get in between a female and its baby. One of the more amusing calls was a guy who'd gotten chased down by an absolutely massive male moose and was stuck up a tree. Took us almost an hour to get him down. And when he was finally on solid ground again, he looks at me and says, God damn them effers is big up close. (laughs) I guess that's not really a scary story, but we still laugh about that one.
0: That's a little scary. Those moose can be scary.
1: How fast would he have had to get up that? Have you seen the video where the guy is taking his trash out and he has the whole enclosure for the trash? It's snowpacked. He goes out. He's on the uh, the house security camera and he drops the trash bag in, opens the door, comes back out of the enclosure and just turns right back around and goes back in. And this moose comes into the frame just right on his tail. This guy was so calm. He just noped, it turned back around and quietly and quickly shut the door. The moose just walked up, got Personally insulted that the door had been shut on him and then turned around and left
0: <laughs> same I could see that
1: calm nope
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a moose back inside.
1: well, that's what I had for us today.
0: loved it. I want to go up the stairs. We'll go out and find one one day. We'll report back,
1: yeah,
0: it'd be funny if like they like those people would come across a set of stairs, and then there's just like a janitorial cleaner or a maid just sitting there like. <laughs> vacuuming the stairs but no one asks questions don't approach don't you hear
1: the vacuum (laughs) (laughs) there's an escalator out in the woods (laughs) stairs to heaven
0: (laughs) yeah i like that better because an escalator would be like by itself has a beginning and an end you know
1: i have a fear of getting sucked into one
0: rightfully so
1: Because you can get sucked in. I've seen videos of people get sucked in.
0: New fear unlocked. Getting sucked into an escalator.
1: Thank you so much for joining us tonight in Apartment 309. Please send us your stories, whether it's about your experience with the paranormal, true crime, alien encounters, anything. We would love to hear about it. Please. Any and all. You don't have to be an author. You don't have to be good at storytelling. We just want to hear about it. You can email us at apartment three hundred nine podcast at gmail dot com. We really would love to hear from you guys.
0: Yeah, and we had a we had a listener that started to tell us a story about a spirit that they were seeing, and I would really love to hear the rest of that story. So
1: same, I was intrigued.
0: Send us send us the rest of that, please.
1: Yes. You can always go visit our website, apartment309podcast.com. If you ever want to see a picture of Carl or Eric's big dumb face, you can follow us on Instagram at apartment309podcast. Please rate and review. We would love to hear what you guys actually think about us. If you follow us, you know, tell your friends about us. I hope you join myself, Lauren.
0: And Eric.
1: Next time in apartment apartment 309. 309.